0: The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Edgeboost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today.
1: Welcome,
0: everyone, to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, June the 7th, currently 1234 on the East Coast here to discuss our NBA Finals Game 3 Player Prop Picks. I know it's been a while since me and Chris have been back, but, hey, we are officially back for the NBA playoffs or in the NBA Finals, I should say, and then we'll get into off-season stuffs as well. So the PropCast is going to be alive and kicking all throughout the offseason also leading up to the nfl season so great time if you haven't already subscribed to the prop cast uh whether you listen on apple whether you listen on uh spotify wherever the case might be uh come join us with the journey hopefully we can put some money in your guys pockets but i got my guy here with me chris what's going on brother how you doing my man
1: what's up you know i'm good man it's uh it's weird nowadays, you know, to, to to only have basketball once, you know, twice a week, it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> all these days in between, dude, it's weird, man. So uh, you know, you, you you have to uh you know just be um think a little more disciplined, right? Either you know, you take a loss and you, you just wait to bounce back or you know, you you won and you don't want to give it all back, you know. So the games coming few and far between. Uh you, you it makes you wanna be a little bit more sharper with your analysis and hopefully you can get it right the next game.
0: Yeah, man, it's uh, the days in between these games feel like an eternity. I'll say that much just because when we do get to the NBA finals, we know that um, it they're trying to maximize, obviously, the primetime spots when we talk about you know, maybe like in the middle of the week where not much is going on so people can tune in. Also, you have the Stanley Cup uh, going on as well, so you're competing with that as well. But, yeah, man, it's uh, I know NBA, I guess we can say, at least for us, I know hardcore NBA fans, It the league never sleeps. So it's those 365 days a year. I know with games and stuff, it's only during the season, but when we talk about like player news and uh, the NBA draft, summer league, free agency, things like that, like the league never sleeps. So, um, you know, just because the season's ending, that doesn't mean we're not going to stop the discussion about NBA players and things like that. So, like I mentioned, just join us here for the journey for the podcast. But, um, Chris, We're on to Game 3 here. Kind of want to briefly touch on what the first two games as far as maybe some player performances or guys that have kind of stood out to you within the first two games. Obviously, the series is tied right now, one-to-one. Game 3 does tip off tonight in Miami. Um, What's kind of stood out to you over the first uh, two games here of the NBA Finals?
1: I think, um, you know, just... So Game 1, you know, was was an absolute, complete Denver spot, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you got... Coming off a sweep versus coming off a seven-game series, you got the altitude, you know, flying into Denver. Only, like, with we two days rest at that. Um, didn't expect a lot from Miami in that game. Uh, game two, we saw a little bit more focused, uh, you know, Miami Heat team, I think. And a little bit more rested, right? I don't even know if it was a focused thing. It might have just been a more rested thing. Um, you know, executing their game plan, they, they shot the three-point ball really, really well. And that's, that's how you captain Miami Heat. If you think that they're going to make – 15 to 17 threes, you know, if you yep. take them to win the game. But if, if you think that they're going to miss, uh, because, you know, three point shots, there's a lot of, you know, volatility when we're thinking about, you know, three point looks. Um, mm-hmm. It's really just that simple. And we, I think we saw Denver a little, little laxed, uh, you know, in game two. Um, I yep. think I have read something, you know, if it said they hadn't lost a game in like 30 days, because you got to remember they're coming off a sweep. So, you know, just didn't actually just, you know, I know, Jokic said after they swept the Lakers, he was going to, you know, go home and watch some. Horses race and get in the swimming pool, right? Like, so they like today was just kind of chilling. They hadn't lost us to the Phoenix Suns series. Um, you know, so I think, um, so those are the two games, uh, you know, individually. I think the one thing that's really stuck out to me, office is, uh, is pace, right? Like Denver yes. wants to get out and run, right? They want to go. They, they, you know, are one of the best fast break teams in the league because Jokic gets the rebound. He doesn't have to look for Jamal Murray or KCP to get the ball and push it up the court. He does it himself. Right. Yeah. Which which yeah. most of the time creates cross matches because, you you know, you're scrambling trying to get back. But Miami does a really good job of getting back. They're, they're one of the best, you know, um, teams as far as allowing opponents uh, points in, in you know, in the fast break area. So um, Miami mucks the game up. Right. They, they did it in game one. They did it in game two. Uh, and I think that, you know, they're going to have to continue to do that in order for them to be successful in game 3 and you know in the rest of the games as well so i think pace you know i think looking at game 2 specifically um it was the slowest pace game that denver has been a part of in the playoffs and it was the 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 second slowest pace um of i want to say of the uh all of the playoff games in general um it just you know yeah so game 2 was the nuggets slowest pace game of the postseason i'm sorry in the second slowest yeah. pace game of the playoffs in general, so I think that's Miami's success. You know, they want to get get the ball, they want to you know um, use a lot of shot clock, try to minimize the possessions. I want to say Denver had a, like a, a very few possessions as well. And you know, hats off to Spoelstra; he's done a really good job on the defensive end, kind of taking those other guys away. Michael Porter Jr. has been struggling in this series, KCP as well. Um, so yeah, he's. I think that they're executing their game plan. It's going to be interesting to see if Coach Mike Malone can counter that him and his coaching staff can counter that and get, get his guys, uh, you know, back ahead in this series because, you know, they always say, you know, if the series doesn't start until the home team loses one. Right. And and we have that. So now we have a, have ourselves a series.
0: Yeah. I think that was the one thing that I've talked about um, on the NBA pod as well. And also when we got on with Sean and Ryan is that I did expect the Denver Nuggets to play with a lot more pace. And I think that's something that Mike Malone has really preached to his players and his team and that's really been their success during the regular season obviously pace is completely different when you get into from going from the regular season to the playoffs because again the game does slow down in the playoffs right because defense is tightened up more um you make those in-game adjustments if something you excel at the other team going to try to combat it and i think that's what you hit the nail on the head that mike or sorry eric spolstra has really gotten his guys back on defense. There's been spurts where Denver has played with pace and seemed to look like the team that we saw during the regular season. I think the opening of that second quarter in game two was a prime example of that. When Jimmy Butler went to the bench, some of the stars were on the bench. Jamal Murray came back, and I think Jokic was taking his rest at that point as well. Well, Jamal Murray was taking command of the offense, and they were getting out and pushing with pace. And as the game kind of gone along, you saw that you know they were getting into half court offenses uh, and things like that, and that's like just getting into what Miami wants you to do, right? Because Miami, they'll make the adjustments. We saw it against Milwaukee, right? Like the, if they want to get out and run, they'll get out and run. And we saw a lot of high scoring games in the, in the round one against Milwaukee with Miami. But right now in the NBA Finals, I had the over in Game Two, uh, and that was like pulling teeth trying to get that over. It it got there but I don't think I'll be betting another over in this in the NBA playoffs or sorry, in the NBA finals here uh, for the rest of the way. But yeah, I think some of the guys that have kind of stuck out to me, I think we talked about Max Drews from game one to game two. Obviously, he was big, O of 9 in game one, uh, came back in game two, hit four three-pointers in the first quarter. After that, didn't do really much else. But Gabe Vincent, another guy for the Miami Heat who had a great game too. I think the one consistent player, and I thought this guy would be the X factor of the success for the Miami Heat, has been Bam. Right, Bam has had a really good first two games. He's dropped twenty plus points in each of the first two games. He's gone over his PRA in the first two games, and the books haven't adjusted. Uh, kind of tease to uh, some of the player props we may talk about, talk about later. But um, and those are the guys that have truly really stuck out to me on the Denver. Uh, sorry, on the Miami side. I want to ask you about Jamal, uh, about uh, Jimmy Butler, man, because we saw in the Milwaukee he had a fantastic series. He had a fifty plus point game there. Boston, he kind of did slow down, but in the moments that they've needed uh, Jimmy Butler to step up and kind of put the nail in the coffin, he's done that. But at least in Games 1 and Games 2, I don't know if – I personally think that there's some type of injury factor or there's also some type of fatigue factor or that maybe he's just letting the game come to him. But what have your thoughts been about Jimmy Butler from, from the Boston series now in the first two games of the NBA Finals?
1: So I think whenever we think about a game seven, you know, if I'm never wanting to take the player, like take a player on that over in the next game, especially when you got to go to to mile high, Denver's been so rested. So I wasn't looking at taking Jimmy points in game one. I might have been a good look to take his under. No, he only had 13 points in game one. Um, And then, you know, game two, you know, I think he was trying to be a little more assertive and a little more aggressive. He didn't shoot any free throws. That was a big storyline talking point at the end of game one. Um got to the free throw line five times in game two, hit all five mm-hmm. free throws. and he was he did, you know, he was more aggressive. He shot seven for nineteen. So I think nineteen shots is enough for Jimmy. um if they want to play winning basketball in my estimation, you know so I think it's a little bit of everything that you kind of touched on. I think that he understands as the rest of the team understands that they don't want to have to rely on Jimmy to go for thirty five in order for them to be successful. Yeah. It's kind of like the Yoist thing, right? I think the Nuggets are now 0-4 in games, 0-3, 0-4 in games that Jokic mm-hmm. is just going for 40-plus points or more. Yep. Yep. So it's a, it's a recipe for success for them. And I think, you know, you you, you talked about the, gay, the the Max Struces of the world hitting four threes. Um, you know, Gabe Vincent was another, you know, big game for Gabe Vincent. 23 points, four for six from the three-point line. You mentioned Bam already, his 21. And that's the way that they want to play, right? If they, they have, I, I want to say, five or six guys that average double figures and they all kind of hover – around that 10 to 12 point range, you know, Caleb Martin who hasn't been having it, that as great of a series, but Kyle Lowry and his his contributions off the bench. Like this team is um a a collective unit, you know. And yes. I think that, yeah. you know, I I think we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I think that, that 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 continues a little bit. I like the defense, you know, in the the I think how difficult it's been for for jimmy to score right you have a, a bigger defender in there and Gordon that you can kind of put on them yeah you just kind of daring them to uh you know make those pull-ups and, and they're they're really difficult shots most of them are going to be contested denver is also doing a better job i think because they have a lot more limbs so they're just going straight up without fouling because he does like to you know get to the free throw line and beat some of those foul calls as well when he's trying to be aggressive and you know kind of kind of have his offense come to him i would say
0: Miami doesn't have the big, sexy names as far as, you know, we talk about role players or not even role players, but, you know, Jimmy and Bam outside of that, it's it's a collective group of guys that are playing with something to, that so it's something to prove, right? Because a lot of their role players are guys that are undrafted and they're trying to, you know, not really make a name for themselves, but, you know, just take advantage of the moment right now, the opportunity that they have in front of them. Um, and I've, I've said this, give me, give me, give me heart over talent any single day. And I think that's what's really defined this Miami Heat team as, as, as they made their run to the NBA playoffs and through the playoffs here and into the NBA finals here. So um we'll see, man. I think it's going to be a great series. We're tied up one-to-one. We'll get over to ga- uh, game three here tonight. And we'll talk about our player props here in a minute. Uh, But before we get into our player props, let me tell everyone about the newest sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That is going to be Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. That's right, you heard it. Bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances who can be extremely a valuable tool for your betting bankroll. And also in those opportunities where you need a hedge out or if you need to get down on some extra money about a bet that you're very, very confident in, imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on your favorite bets, like I mentioned, and even use it to create a middle opportunity or even a hedge opportunity. Look, if you're holding those Miami Heat future tickets, if you're holding a Denver Nuggets future tickets and you feel like you need a hedge a little bit, Edgeboost has you covered. Edgeboost isn't some sneezy loan shark. No, you don't have to worry about that. They charge 0% interest. Do you know of a way you can access more money to uh, bet, uh, bet on your favorite bets without having to pay any interest? No more haggling your friends, no more haggling your family for that extra money to get down on some prop bets here or even your favorite bets like I mentioned. Edge boost can also be part of your responsible gaming plan as you can set up daily, weekly, and even monthly limits across your betting accounts all in one place. So help support SGPN. Grow your bankroll at the same time by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older. Use problem gambling. Call 1 800 GAMBLER. All right, Chris. Let's get into our player props here, my man. Uh, why don't you lead us off with your first player prop for Game Three of the NBA Finals? What do you got?
1: Let's go. Uh, let's go Miami side of the ball first. You know, let's give let's give, give the uh, give the home team some love. Um, I do think that this is going to be a, a, a slow paced game, like we talked about as well. You know, and I don't like to take a lot of overs, but I do see value. Right? You talked about this Heat group being a collective group. We both have kind of talked about this Heat group being a collective group and I think one of those guys that has been extremely consistent and you know it's difficult to bet on these Miami Heat players because you don't know which one it's gonna be at certain points at certain times. But Gabe Vincent has been extremely consistent, you know. I don't think that this goes away at all. Uh Caleb Martin was the guy last series, you know, and and uh it seems like Gabe Vincent has kind of, you know, match matched that uh that production or, you know, that yeah we'll say production of, of what they need from him. So his point prop is 13 and a half on some books is 14 and a half on some books, just depending on how much juice you want. Um, but I like Gabe Vincent to get either or 13 and a half, 14 and a half. Um, he's been fantastic in the first two games. Uh, you look at Miami heat, uh, most consistent offensive threat on the perimeter so far averaging 21 points, 55 and a half percent shooting me you all know, 15 for 27 from the field, 56%. Um, nine of 16 from three, uh, you know, that, that those numbers speak, you know, r- real high volume. He's going to be out there. He had a plus minus of 22, which was a game high. Uh, in game two, Minoff you know, and his minutes have been extremely consistent. He played 38 minutes in game one, 32 minutes in game two, clearing this line pretty easily. And, you know, I always like the, another barometer I like to use is if I can get the guy um, points for, you know, anything close to what their field goal attempts are going to be, I'm typically pretty happy with that. And, you you know, he shot Mm -hmm. 8-for-12 in the last game, 7-for-14 in game one, and uh, point props sitting at 14-and-a-half, 13-and-a-half. So I like Gabe Vincent. Um, Like I said, shooting the ball really efficiently, and I think that continues with him going back home today. I look for him to be one of the guys that we can rely on, uh, you know, for this Miami Heat team.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like Gabe Vincent as well, man. I mean, you talked about it that he's been really good for uh, this Miami Heat team throughout the NBA playoffs and especially in game uh, one and two of the NBA finals here. Um, uh, yeah, I'll close on this with you. It's not one of my player projects. It's one of the ones that we did, did, did discuss on the NBA gambling podcast as we mentioned that game gave Vincent over on his points or even if you want to take over on his three-point shots because most of his points have come from beyond the arc at least in the first two games like you alluded to. Uh, going 9 of 16 from three-point land. So that, I think that number, as of yesterday, was two and a half at even money for his three-point shots. He's made, what, four each in his first two games here. So I think majority of his points are coming from the three-point uh, land. But we've saw it in the first two games, uh, Chris, see that he can knock down the mid-range jump shot. He can get to the basket and get to the free-throw line as well. So I don't, I think that if they didn't have Gabe Vincent, um, I don't think they would be in the NBA Finals right now. You say the same thing about Caleb Barton as well. Um, those two role players have just been absolutely phenomenal for the Miami heat. So yeah, I expect Gabe Vincent to continue being consistent for the Miami heat. I know there were some rumbles about Tyler hero coming back for game three It reported before the NBA final started, but he has been officially ruled out for game three. We'll see if he comes back for game four, but. You know, man, that may just mess up the rhythm and the offensive flow for the Miami Heat. Um, but Gabe Vincent has been absolutely phenomenal. No argument for me about Gabe Vincent here tonight. Over 13 and a half, 14 and a half points, wherever you can find the best odds. Uh, all right, for my player prop here, Chris, I'm going to go to the player we had just discussed, Jimmy Butler. Uh, I'm going to take the over on his assist here tonight. Um, and that number is currently sitting at six and a half. He's uh, gone over this projection in each of the first two games uh, for the Miami Heat. I believe in Game One he had seven assists for the Miami Heat, and then also nine assists, I believe, in Game Two for the Miami Heat. Um, and it's something that we talked about that you know is he a little bit more passive, or is he dealing with an injury that he's trying to get either. His teammates involved, you know, finding those open shooters as well. So I think that number one that we kind of saw in the first two games here, Chris, is that Miami has been able to get those open three-point looks. In game one, they weren't able to knock it down. We talked about Max Strews, who was 0 of 9 from the floor. But guys were able to knock it down in game uh, game two. We talked about Max Strews, and that came out in the first quarter. Um, uh, God, who's the other player? Um, Not Caleb Martin. Um. God, I'm drawing a blank right now, but uh, Duncan Robinson. Kyle, there you go, Duncan, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry. Those three guys were able to knock down shots for them uh, in Game Two, and Jimmy Butler has really done a great job of finding his teammates and getting those open shots um, for um, for his teammates. I think that there is going to be a game maybe later in the series, Chris, that Jimmy Butler takes over scoring wise. But at least in the first two games, I think that continues here tonight that even if he does have a great scoring night, he's been able to fill up the stat sheet, whether it's been rebounding or whether it's been assists. Right. Of the last games uh, of the playoffs, he's averaging 20 points, but more importantly, he's averaging those seven assists. He's averaging 6.8 rebounds as well. So he's gone over six and a half assists in three of the last four games for the Miami Heat, dating back to the Boston Celtics Eastern Conference final series as well. So. I'm at six and a half right now. There's a little bit of Vig on it, but I'm comfortable laying it with Jimmy Butler. So give me Jimmy Butler over six and a half assists here tonight uh, in game three here, Chris.
1: I like him, you know, I I just kind of alluded to it before we started. Right. And I was saying that I think it was a quote yesterday that came on media day uh, when they were doing the media for the Miami Heat. And Jimmy says something along the lines of, you know, I I understand that for us to to win games and to be most successful, I got to be getting my teammates involved. Um, versus going out, you know, and scoring thirty-five to forty points. So I like him, you know, I think he's the engine. Him and him and him and, and Bam, like you said, are the are the engine. You know, if he gets into the paint, but it's not necessarily to try to score every time. He just wants you to help, right? He really wants you to bring another another defender so that he can find yeah. the wide open shooter, and that's what's been extremely successful for them, like you said. So you know, going over this line two times on the road. Um, you know, with, with Miami's ability to shoot the three point ball so well in game two on the road, I, I, I'm, I would, you know, be crazy to think that they can't go out there and shoot the ball. Uh, I don't know if they shoot it as well tonight, but you know, for him to be able to go over his assist line, I think he had plenty of opportunity and, uh, I wouldn't take the under, you know, if I like, I like Jimmy over six and a half assists as well.
0: Uh, all right, Chris, take us over to player problem number two, my man, what do you got?
1: So let's stay with let's stay with uh let's stay with Jimmy, you know, and, and this is kind of kind of correlated to to your play. Um, I think Jimmy goes under his points. I think he goes over his assists, maybe even over his <laughs> rebounds, so maybe the RA line. But I still think that you know, we may be searching for a while. You know, if we, we said it right, we don't know if it's injury. We don't know if it's just just schematics, yeah. right? Like we don't want to get Jimmy that many shot attempts. Uh, you know, we wanted him to find the other shooters, but I like Jimmy to go under. This points number keeps coming down. It opened at 25 and a half, and it was uh, just a little bit of juice on on the under. But now it's was all the way down to minus 120, so it, it makes me think that people are actually betting Jimmy to go under his 25 and a half points as well. Um, I think that he knows, like, you know, like we talked about. He's The key to winning is just, you know, him not necessarily scoring but getting the other shooters involved. I also think that Bam has the best offensive matchup. Um, you know, as far as you know, yeah. like if we need to go, you know, actually go get a bucket because Jokic is um, a little slow laterally, uh, Bam's always gonna have space, and with that space, you know, he's, he's able to shoot if he wants to, he's he's not being defended close, you know what I mean? So he's able to find the open, open, you know, um, uh, shooter as well because you know, there's no pressure, there's no ball pressure on him. Um, so I think Bam continues to have a really good offensive series, but I, I'll take Jimmy to go under his 25 and a half points. You know, thinking that you know he finishes with you know maybe twenty three points. I also think the the pace continues to pl- be slow, right? So so I talked about you know the under. I, I do like the full game to go under, and I think it co- is correlated with Jimmy to go over his assist looks because I think he'll continue to try to get everybody else involved and also you know under on his points prop. So give me Jimmy under his twenty five and a half today, under twenty five and a half points. From now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, it makes a lot of sense, right? The first two games he's gone under this t- uh, under this uh, points projection, and like you mentioned, that number keeps dropping. I think. In the Eastern Conference Finals, that number was around, what, 27 and a half, 28 and a half for Jimmy Butler uh, in those games. And, you know, maybe those some of those games were going to be higher scoring, but I think we're expecting, at least I am, uh, that it'll be a lower screen game here tonight uh, between uh, or at least in game three. So, um, yeah, until we see Jimmy, um, I don't know, want to say break out uh, of the shell that he's in. or I don't think he's in a funk. I, th- I really do think that it's either fatigue and injury related, but. He does. He, I think he knows between his ears that he doesn't have to go out and be that guy and go and drop 30 plus points every single night for his team to have success because other guys have stepped up and I, I saw a quote and I, and I don't want to, you know, in so many words, he said that if the Miami Heat are going to be win a championship, it's going to be on the back of Bam out of bio. I think that's it. in so many words as he was trying to say. Um, and I think, you know, we talked about Bam a lot. We'll talk about him in a little bit as well, but um yeah, I think that until we see Jimmy um, kind of get out of his funk, or he doesn't, he doesn't have to be that guy. I think he knows that we got to keep on taking the under. So, yeah, I'll, I'll co on this with you, Jimmy Butler, under twenty five and a half points right now um, for Game Three. Uh, all right, game or sorry, player prop number two for me. I'm gonna go with another assist prop here, and that's gonna be Jamal Murray over six and a half assists. First two games, he's dropped 10 dimes in each of those first two games, 20 total assists so far for the uh, starting point guard for the Denver Nuggets. And I think that, um, number one, we've seen that Denver has been able to find some open shots as well. And game one, they were able to knock him down. Game two, they struggled a little bit. Michael Porter Jr. has been a guy that has been struggling right now for the Denver Nuggets. Um, but he's been able to find, you know, when he does get out in the fast break, we'll see Jamal Murray, you know, dish the ball out to some open shooters versus taking it to himself. And also, I don't know how much merit you put into the question that Ramona Shelburne posed to Eric Spolster in the post game presser after game two saying that, Hey, are you trying to turn Joker into a scorer versus a guy that can facilitate? Because, if you look at his stat box after in game two, Joker only had four assists, but like you mentioned, he had 40 plus points uh, in that game. And I think a lot of those assists are coming from a guy like Jamal Murray. So, um, I think Steve Kerr mentioned this on Deremon Games podcast, or uh, you know, I need to make sure I get my quotes, Greg, but that Jamal Murray is ahead of the snake for the Denver Nuggets, right? And I think that's the guy that you need to slow down to have success against this Denver Nuggets team. And I think that was a game plan in game two, which you know, Jamal Murray, he's still going to score his points, but he's not going to be that guy that's going to put up 30 to 32 points per night. Like he had been previously, he can still rack up the assists, And like I said, in the first two games, he's done it uh, where he's had 10 plus. I think that continues your night for uh, Jamal Murray. I expect the role players to play a little better here tonight as well for the uh, Denver Nuggets, whether that's Michael Porter Jr. whether that's KCP. Uh, I think we see more Bruce Brownman's here as well. So I think he's going to, those guys here, Chris. So I'm going to take the over on a six and a half assist again here tonight for Jamal Murray.
1: Yeah, no way I could talk you. I mean, I think he has 17 assist opportunities on – in game one. And I want to say he followed that up with about 17 more in game two. So, like you said, a lot of those are our sister Jokic. This dude's yeah. shooting above 60 percent from the field. Why, why would you not give the ball to him, you know, in, in, in decent scoring range? And uh, I think we also can. I mean, it's, it's, it's bound to happen, I think, at a certain point, you know, even, you know, with the respect that we have to give to Miami's defense, um, Miami's three point defense because they are top four in the playoffs as far as defending the three-point line. But some aggression has to be coming for some of these uh, Denver Nuggets shooters, right? KCP hasn't had a, I wouldn't say, you know, uh, a game that we kind of expected from him yet. And, of course, Michael Porter Jr., like you said, as well. Um, So I expect those guys to, I expect them to be able to kind of find those guys as well. But we also know the most difficult play in the NBA right now to stop, you know, if I think this is um, not even up for debate anymore, it's the Jokic and Murray pick and roll. And a lot of the times, you know, Murray is running that pick and roll. He keeps the ball and then he's dishing back to Jokic. Um, So no way I could talk you off playing this six and a half. I think you actually could potentially lie to this to, you know, if you want to get the plus money, take the seven and a half as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, All right. Before we get into our best bets for game three of the NBA finals, let me tell you guys about underdog fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog is giving away $15 million in prizes. Look, for you fantasy football players out there, I know the guys on the network um, with uh, Sean and Ryan, they've been cranking out Best Ball Mania um, uh, drafts, fantasy football drafts for the upcoming season. Uh, but if you're not a fantasy football you know draft type of guy or Best Ball Mania tra- uh, type of guy, Check out the player prop parlays, man. Uh, They have NBA, NHL, and MLB player prop parlays. You can also get a bonus if you haven't already signed up uh, over on underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN. You'll get a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, player prop parlays. If you want to take mine's and Chris's um, player prop parlays, uh, sorry, player props, parlay them together, make some nice money. Maybe do it with a free uh, $100 if you haven't already uh signed up with underdog fantasy so make sure to check them out go to us uh, uh, underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN again for a 100 deposit bonus of up to 100 dollars. again underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN all right Chris let's close it out strong here my man let's get into our best bets for game three of the NBA finals why don't you lead us off what's your best bet for tonight
1: Best bet for the night, you know, I'm going with the old saying, you know, that in road games, your best players have to perform, especially when you got a, when you got a game stolen away at home in the last one. And I think we see that from Jokic tonight. I'm on Jokic, you know, uh, I think it's a couple of different ways you could play him. But for the purposes of the show, I'll go PRA okay. uh, over 50 and a half. This dude is, uh, you know, just over the playoffs in general. He's averaging 54. Points, rebounds, and assists in road games at the playoffs. Uh, he's the guy that I trust. You know, <laughs> he's the guy that's going to be extremely efficient. He's shooting sixty percent on the road in road games. He's shooting fifty-two percent from the three-point line in road games. He's going to play forty-plus minutes, barring any you know kind of injury. I do yeah. think that you know if you watch the, the the breakdown of the Denver Nuggets at the end of game two, uh, you know, Coach Malone alluded to Miami coming in there still in game, still in the game and Denver needing to, to do exactly the same thing. He challenged his team to be able to go into Miami and, and still a game. And when we think about the Nuggets being successful, you know, Jokic is at the head of the snake, man. <laughs> this dude makes the right play. He's yeah. going to, you know, his usage is going to be extremely high. Uh, he's going to either score or assist on a lot of those opportunities. And I don't think that there's going to be anything that Denver does, um, you know, that Miami can do. He's also over this number in both games already, in the playoffs against in the finals against Miami as well um so you know long story short I expect Jokic to be Jokic you know if in the over 50 and a half feels like a tad bit of a bargain um even though you know I do think Sposter is going to continue to use him in the pick and roll uh you know try to have him in the pick and roll to get him away from the rim to kind of decrease the amount of rebound opportunities I still expect them to be able to get rebounds um I still expect them to be able to score especially if Supposed to decide that they want to continue to play a man-to-man and not send any help. Um, I think that we could potentially see another forty-point game as well. So uh, point prop sitting at 28 and a half, I also think that's a good look. But um, and then the other thing I want to mention about the assist part because you kind of got to break down all three. You know, if in in yeah. the three games where Jokic has scored forty, in the following games, I think it's three or four games so far in the postseason that he's going over forty. In those next games, he has had double-digit assists. I want to say each each one of those as well. So I expect Malone to be able to make the adjustments. Uh, the, all of the adjustments that Spoelstra threw out, as well as the shot making in Game Two, was the reason why they won. Now I expect Mike Malone to be able to make the adjustments, be able to get some of those other guys involved, especially the ones that are struggling. I expect them to come out, run a few plays with Michael Porter Jr., KCP, let them see the ball, you know, go in the rim. No matter if it's a backdoor layup, might not even necessarily be a three-pointer, just to kind of get them in some rhythm. And then from there, you you got to deal with Jokic the rest of the way, you know. So so uh so yeah, over fifty and a half points, rebounds, and assists for Jokic is the best bet for game three, uh for me, you know. What you what you like in a day?
0: Uh all right, for my best bet, I'm going with the other center to go over his PRA, man. Bam, uh over 32 and a half. That was uh, right now at minus one oh five, all right, even money and I think the game is the, – or the championship is going to be won on the back of these two guys. I, obviously, with Nikola Jokic, uh, a two-time regular season MVP, uh, trying to get that first championship. Uh, and if they do get it, he is more than likely going to be the finals MVP if Denver wins, uh, wins the NBA finals. But I'm pleasantly surprised, surprised to see how well Bam has played, at least filling up the box score for the Miami Heat because he's really been able to take advantage of the opportunity – or the lack there of defense from Nikola Jokic and Nikola Jokic knows it himself. He's came out and said himself that he's not the greatest defender or he's not a guy that can jump the highest. But I mean, you take a look at the first two games here, Chris, what uh, Bam has been able to do. He's over this projection of 32 and a half in each of the first two games uh, for the Miami heat. Um, The books haven't adjusted. This number it's still at 32 and a half. So game one, 26 points, 13 rebounds, five assists. Game two, 21 points, nine rebounds, four assists. Uh, game one, he got up 25 shots. Game two, he got up 14 shots. Um, I think those shots are going to be definitely in double digits for Bam. And Bam has played that minimum of 40 minutes over the last four playoff games, dating back to game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. The last four games, 46 minutes 43 minutes, and then each of the first two games of the NBA Finals, 40 minutes each. So when we talk about overs that we want to back, we want to take a look at number one, shot volume for some of these guys, and then the number of minutes that they are playing. And I think for me, Bam checks both of those boxes right now and I think that he's going to come out and score another 20-plus points here tonight. And like you mentioned, Chris, that if you want to just take his points alone, uh, you can take that. I'm going to pull up that number right now. We'll see what that number is for Bam. I believe it's probably at 18 19, and, a half, and a half, 19
1: and a half. I saw both.
0: Yeah, I see 18 and a half minus 135 on DraftKings. So um, he's going to be able to rebound the basketball as well. We've talked about it a lot on the NBA pod uh, that if Miami wants to have success, they, they're they going to have to rebound the basketball um, and have a more of an effort on uh, on that end. Um, we saw the adjustment that Eric Spolster made by putting Kevin, and Kevin Love into the starting lineup um, in game two. But Bam has really been that guy. He's been the more consistent guy for this uh, Miami Heat team. And I think personally, Chris, that if Miami Heat do go on to win the NBA championship, Bam is going to be your finals MVP unless we see Jimmy Butler just absolutely go nuts rest of the way uh, in the NBA playoffs or sorry, NBA finals. But right now for me, if the books aren't going to adjust it and the amount of shot volume, the number of minutes that he's playing, he's done it in both of the first two games. I'm going to go right back to it. So give me Bam over 32.5 points, rebounds, and assists here tonight as my best bet, Chris.
1: And no way I could talk you off. You know, that number seems extremely short when this guy's averaging 20 and 10, and that's not even you know him going over his assist prop that he's been over in both games as well. So uh, no way I could talk you off of that at all. You know, if he, he has a big, big advantage. We know that Jokic wants to use most of his energy on the offensive end, um, and he has his hands full with Bam. Um, Bam reminds me a lot of AD. In the last series, uh, he just can pass a little bit more, and they run their offense through him a little bit more than the Lakers do with Anthony Davis. But as far as the, you know, the the the, the mid-range jump shooting, the ability to get to the paint, kind of draw some contact, um, the rebound, you know, the 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 couple, you know, um, uh, opportunities that he's going to get from offensive rebounds and you know dunk tips and different things like that reminds me a lot of AD. And AD was able to find success against uh, against Jokic in the last round as well.
0: Yeah, Bam has also been a guy that he's been able to bring the ball up the court as well. I know I've seen it multiple times where they get the quick outlet pass, and Bam's a guy that's, you know, really um, or he's getting the outlet pass. He's bringing it into the offensive end of the court, and then at that point, he's making his decision whether to attack the basket or pass it off to a shooter. But Bam, I, I I feel like he can be a little bit more aggressive if you see if you see in the games where Jokic is guarding him and the paint is open. I, I wish that he would have just attack a little more uh, and try to draw those fouls against against the Joker. Uh, but he kind of just gets to the free throw line kind of freezing and just dishes the ball out. But uh, again, I'm not taking anything away from Bam. I mentioned that if the Miami Heat were going to have success in this NBA finals, that it was going to have to be Bam out of by really having to step up. And at least in the first two games, he's done that. So Hope that continues here tonight, at least for our bet's sake, uh, um, that he has another big night for the Miami Heat. Um, all right, Chris, man, that's going to do it for this edition of the Propcast. Anything else you want to mention before we get out of here?
1: Nah, man, everyone enjoy the game. It should be a good one. Uh, I think I read a stat earlier, I men off that in the NBA Finals, when games are tied 1-1, um, the winner of Game 3 goes on to win this series 80% of the time. So, so uh, we should be in for, uh, you know, a a rock fight tonight. I think both of these teams will come out, you know, scratching and clawing. Um, And I'm just excited. Like I said, we haven't had basketball since Sunday and it feels like it's been two weeks. So just excited for another game. So, you know, everybody enjoy the game. Hopefully we can make a little money while we're doing it as well.
0: Yeah. Pivotal, I think that when you talk about game fives that are the pivotal games i think game three are the pivotal ones as well so hopefully it's another great game here tonight we've uh, had a great game two game one uh was pretty good as well so again enjoy the basketball enjoy the games uh hopefully we can put some more money in your guys pockets here tonight with our player props and we'll be back uh for game four for our player props as well so definitely look out for that as well uh make sure to follow chris on twitter at Crispy capin C-A-P-P-I-N-N, two P's and two N's in there. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. More importantly, make sure to uh, subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast account here uh, if you haven't already on YouTube, and smash that like button for us before you guys get out of here. Like I mentioned, we'll be back for game four. Look out for us then. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.